had just split out of a relationship and that we had a shared child in and that didn't work right my whole emotional female partnership world is not even recovered and now you're telling me i gotta find another one to cut the grass so just that. to cut the grass <laughs> after you getting was that before or after you got to the point where you're like just go and eat grass that was that was that was before my whole oh. whole, whole mindset really kicked in mm. so that was i mean that was just one of the many little things that you know like nag in your brain like oh like heck I do I bought the house I bought the mower why am I gonna purchase a partner just to make it shorter like that's stupid that was imagine sitting down sitting down <laughs> for a first date and you're like can you mow do you, you know how to <laughs> use a lawnmower <laughs> yes it's my dating qualifications can you check all these boxes because I'm a female and not supposed to right now <laughs> One of the first times that Ben came to meet my older boys, we were playing a game and looking back, it was pretty manic because it involved toilet paper and wrapping each other up as mummies. <laughs> it resulted in giggling, laughter and running all over the house. At the time, we were in a little cottage style triangle tiny house and we were running up and down the stairs and just generally having a lot of fun looking past the toilet paper that was strewn from the kitchen to the toilet the house was definitely in quite a bit of disarray as you'll hear in this episode i've struggled with the pendulum of really being on top of the mess to a degree and at other times really not seeing it as a priority at all and wanting to run around the house and dress up as mummies instead. For me, the housework itself is definitely something that comes alongside quite a lot of anxiety and pressure and general stubbornness in the fact that there are so many other moments in my life that I would prefer to concentrate on. This episode is not just about housework though. It's far beyond that. While we laugh and joke within this conversation, there is definitely a vulnerability that has been shared and an exposure in a way which is only going to help me move forward. I'm Linda Bonney and this is Stories with a Sunday Roast. Melissa Stetcher, welcome to the community. I'm so glad that you have joined us. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do and who you are and how that looks, etc. And yeah, go from there. And go from there. Yes, ma'am. So yes, I, I completely agree that you and I and many others, especially with the mom had and the female had and the generations we live in, share the same struggles of I'm the go-to for mm-hmm for all things when it comes to home management, home organizing, home, everybody comes to me. Hey mom, what's for dinner? Hey mom, have you seen my backpack? Do you know where I put my homework? Have you seen socks. my cooking? Oh, socks. Right? Oh, my. I don't oh. know where I put my other shoe. I don't want to And that's, that's kind of how hopeful simplicity bloomed almost five years ago now 
because I was that mom and what's for dinner was my pivot point. I, I was, I reached that point of y'all can starve. I don't care. I no longer cared. I'm going to figure it out. Eat the grass outside, lick the floor. I don't care. And that was, that was just the snapping point of the, I would come home from work and I would sit in the drive and be like, I'm going to go in here. And these people are going to ask me 1700 questions after I just had a long day at the office and now I'm going to have a long day at home and it's already evening and who's gonna, <laughs> who's gonna feed me oh no wait that's me too who's gonna take care of me oh wait that's me too and that's kind of that inspired hopeful simplicity because I couldn't do it anymore and I didn't want to do it anymore as much as I love my child and I cannot wait to see him succeed as a productive adult I couldn't hate and resent and be defeated every single day. Yeah. <laughs> that that had to change. And I knew it had to change. You talked to a handful of other women, some at the office, you know, like a woman from the office would have her college age students calling and asking basic questions. How do I use the washing machine? And I'm like, oof, I am not the not snarkiest person in the world. So if my 20 something year old calls me from his life journey outside of my house without the basic skills, I'm going to feel like a crap parent. I didn't even give you those skills. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. And now I'm mad because I didn't give you those skills. Oof. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, I know for me with three boys as well, it can be such a, struggle I say struggle but you're like do I really want to have this argument about unpacking the dishwasher now or do I just do it myself (laughs) and you have to stop yourself because we are taught in some ways to just do it ourselves independently and in other ways you're like well I don't want to raise this person that can't even unpack a dishwasher and doesn't even know where the plates belong in our house (laughs) it's yeah it's such a to and fro, I think, between how much and how little and how does that actually feel somewhat easy rather than a fight. <laughs> it is a fight. It, it, it's a fight either internally or externally. And I, I mean, I learned that like too many do, but you know what? I let go of the mindset that doesn't fit our era. My, my mom would say, you know, we, we used to be the bread makers. Now we're the bread winners and I can't do both and I'm not going to do both. And so embracing that mindset of, you know what? I want my son to grow up and productively be independent and manage adulthood to the best of his abilities without thinking, oh, I need to find a wife. So she cooks me meals. Yeah. Right. So those embracing that shift of a mindset was my own internal struggle because we do, we feel like, oh crap, I'm a bad mom. You didn't get a homemade lunch today, or I'm a bad partner. You had to come home and make dinner for all of us. And that's my job, air quotes. Mm. And so letting go of that internal control and those internal struggles to be like, no, you know what? 
I'm doing this so we're all successful together. And at the end of the night, I actually want to sit down and human with you instead of be resentful for looking at your face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Indeed as well. So do you still have that internal struggle fight as well? Oh yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. And I mean, I've got a teenager now, so there are, we live in a technology world and sometimes I'm just like, all right, I've got to get to this meeting. I'm going to do this job. I've got to go to that thing. All right. Can you just have a frozen meal by yourself and then plug in for like five hours so I don't have to make sure that you're taken care of? So all those internal struggles are still there, but also the external struggles of sometimes mom comes in hard or sometimes mom takes a night off and I'm like, uh, I want a human together and I need your attention, but they're so used to, you know, especially when we get busy doing all the things we do. Yeah. Oh, but I, in, in the teenager's mind, I was just going to plug in tonight. And in the mom's mind, I need some teenager time. And so, so the struggles are still there. They just look a little different now. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back a little earlier in the generational side of things and what you experienced growing up and take us back to tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where you're living now and how I guess that presented itself. Now you can look back as an adult. It's much easier, of course. <laughs> well, I say easier, but it's it's interesting. It's, it's a curiosity, I suppose. How does that present itself in childhood for you, do you think? Oof. Oof. Yeah. Uh. So I am <laughs> right. Ugh. It's like when you pull that collar out of like the, the seam comes out. That's what just happened. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, so <laughs> I am born and raised in the Midwest um, of the U.S. So yep. Indiana, Ohio, Illinois region. That's that's where I am. So growing up, it was it was. <laughs> It was kind of really cut and dry of the girls did all the inside stuff. The boys did all the outside stuff. So when it came Mm -hmm. to cutting the grass, shoveling the drive, cleaning the gutters, those things my dad did. He taught my brother to do. And when it came to cleaning the floors and doing the dishes and cooking the meals, which I hate cooking still to this day, those were things I was supposed to inherit from my mother. Right. That those were very clear from my childhood and they took a really hard, I don't even like kind of, you know, like I'm not physical, but emotional slap in the face mm-hmm. when I bought my own house. Like it was just, you know, I had split from my son's dad. And a year after our split, I purchased my first house and it was just my son and I, and I was told that it was time for me to find a man because somebody needed to cut the grass. Wow. Right. It's like, um, is that, is that what we're qualifying as a healthy relationship now is I have a yard and a vagina. So I guess I better find somebody to take care of that because I can't. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) What now? I wow. have to what? And so those little things of in my brain, okay, yeah, that kind of made sense because men take care of the outside things. But in reality, I had just split out of a relationship that we had a shared child in. 
And that didn't work, right? My whole emotional female partnership world is not even recovered. And now you're telling me I got to find another one? To cut the grass. So just to cut the grass? (laughs) After you getting, was that before or after you got to the point where you're like, just go and eat grass? (laughs) That was, that was, that was before my whole, whole mindset really kicked in. So that was, I mean, that was just one of the many little things that, you know, like nag in your brain. Like, oh, like, heck I do. I bought the house. I bought the mower. Why am I going to purchase a partner just to make it shorter? Like, that's stupid. That was just. Imagine sitting down down for a first date and you're like, can you mow? You know how to use a lawnmower? Yes. Here's my dating qualifications. Can you check all these boxes? Because I'm a female and not supposed to right now. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm still single. I was just asking the wrong questions. (laughs) Just just call my mom and she'll she'll fill you in and what needs to be done. Right? Here's my parents' numbers. They'll tell you what I need. Oh wow. <laughs> Ouch. So how did you how did you navigate that? Because oh that would be such a mm, I I think in many ways I would make a vow to myself that I'm like, right, I'm gonna cut the grass every week from now and I'm going to build a shed and I'm going to, you know, <laughs> get really stubborn and do everything that you say that I can't do (laughs) yeah that's and that's that is my my I have always been one of those people be like "Mm, that sounds like a challenge watch me yeah watch me hold my hand and ask those questions watch me climb that ladder and fall five or six times because I'm clumsy so those kinds of things I'm just like bullshit I can't yes I can't and I did and you know i put the sports bra on, put the mom shorts on and just got out there and regretted every step of it. But that grass was short <laughs> and I cut Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As someone who has had hardly any time to get in the garden, <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> uh, it's quite satisfactory. <laughs> so... <laughs> How do you think this can change, being that there still is all these years later, apparently we've been working on this stuff, but apparently there still is this mindset of categorising men's work and women's work and so much of that women's work is the burdenous task of cooking and dishes and vacuuming and house maintenance when people live in a house and constantly live there. (laughs) Mowing the grass feels like it's something that you can do once every, you know, two weeks, three weeks, longer if you want to, and it pretty much takes care of itself. But as far as when it comes to housework, that's constant. It's so constant and it's so in your face. What needs to shift, do you think? in that mm. Mm. you're getting all the feels today Linda all the feels oh. Oh. and I say that because it's it's the shift has to start 
with, and as we say, I had to find Jesus in myself. And so I had to really get through my own ugly bits of the why of why do I feel like I have to do it all? Why do I feel like I need to do it all? And it's, there are so many layers there that there's not even enough recording space in the universe to cover that. But once I got past the why and found the hope and the hope for us came in, I'm going to give him the tools to succeed. And I'm going to take all of this crap, all of this mundane stuff. Does it really matter if we have clean clothes? Eh, Does it really matter if we use paper plates for a night instead of our dishes? Eh. I'm going to take all of that out and give him the tools to manage it how he wants. So then I can just sit down and be like, dude, I read that book you suggested. Can we talk about it? But that's, that was honestly, to this day, it is still a personal struggle of, okay, why does it matter to me if his socks don't match, if they don't matter to him? <laughs> we have, yes, we have sock preferences in our house. I really don't mind about odd socks, actually. Odd socks make a lot of sense to me because they get hole in one why do I have to throw out two? Like, why do I have to throw out two socks? Why not just throw out one? <laughs> and a lot of people don't look at your socks anyway. It's really, it's not a big deal to me. But then for Ben, he's like, I really like odds, like socks that match. Why don't I know our socks match? Why have I got all these odd socks? Why not? <laughs> like, interesting, really interesting. <laughs> And so then I have other aspects where it does require a lot of letting go, a lot of the way that I hear people asking each other for help in the tone that's used, that really affects me like an odd sock, like really, really affects me. So it does require so much letting go, but then with something like, housework slash chores slash all sorts of things we're also taught consciously or subconsciously I think we're taught to use those tasks as a little bit of a thing that we can control Mm -hmm. and so in Like I was saying before, sometimes it feels easier to just do it yourself. Unpack the dishwasher instead of having that fight, instead of needing to ask someone, instead of all sorts of lists of things. It's control that really gets in my way for a lot of it. And, yeah, that's a feeling that is then present for the boys and the people around me and for me as well as an internal, external all sorts of things. So has that presented itself for you? It it has. And see, for me, it presented differently because because what happens when something happens to me? Hmm. Right? What happens when something happens to you? Yep. It's a little morbid to think that way, but seeing the generations before me of she passes 
away first and he has no idea where the coupon can is or where the health information is for her doctors or for any of that. So embracing the ideal of holy crickets, I'm only a human. I don't want to pass my chaos, my disorganization, my control issues to you in the form of stress. I mm-hmm. want I want to go to the grave empty knowing it's not an extra burden for you. I want to give you the tools to succeed without giving you the shit to sort through first. Yep. I said a bad word, sorry. No. I- <laughs> <laughs> I can add a um, a rude bleep that would scare everybody's pants off, but you know I can also put an e next to the episode as well, so we're fine. <laughs> uh, and so I've gone up and down and around and in and out with this of feeling like it shouldn't matter if the house is disorganized or in chaos and then getting to the point of overwhelm and thinking ah, ah, the house is in chaos so um <laughs> and then also understanding and reflecting that when i am really anxious i feel like i need to do more and a lot of those things aren't crucial either so i'll find myself maybe cleaning windows when there's dinner to be cooked <laughs> like you know <laughs> uh-huh. and oh, gosh I have to lay out on the table as much as anybody <clears throat> perhaps and also not wanting to get to a point where my children feel like they can't live in the house because I'm constantly telling them pick up that thing or I'm anxious about mess or I don't want it disorganized and so Tell me more about that. Is there a balance? Well, is there is there a middle balance ground that we can somehow compromise on? Because like I said, I feel like it should matter at many times in my life where I'm like, housework is going to have to wait. It's just not important in my life right now. And yes, we can eat off paper plates and yes, we can wear odd socks and yes, we can sleep with the books or whatever. And then other times where it's like, I can't handle this anymore, my life. Yes. So is there a middle compromise? Yes. And I I only say yes because I'm hopeful that every team can reach it. There's a compromise here of, I want you to think of it like, think of, think of life as like a shelf. So you can have that shelf with all your tchotchkes, your knickknacks, your, all the things are on this shelf. But what if you take 20% off that shelf? It's going to feel lighter. It's going to feel more in control. It's going to just feel better altogether. So if I can leave 20% open space throughout throughout my entire home. Each space is going to feel lighter. 
If I can let go of 20% of my control issues each day, I know that bathroom floor needs scrubbed. I know I asked my teenager to do that before he plugged in tonight, but there's tomorrow, right? Like the dust on the floor. Okay. That's the 20% I can let go of because I know he did indeed wash his dishes after he ate. So it's, it's finding the, what can create that emptiness, that feeling of, okay, it, it calms me. I have a pile of laundry that's been in my chair because I couldn't figure out what to wear this weekend. And it's been looking at me for two days, but I yeah. also know that I can go to it. I can fold it in neat files, you know, like it can be calming for me hmm. to accomplish something. I make my bed every single day. Sometimes that just means I roll out and grab the blankets and they come with me kind of make the bed. Other times I fluff it and do the pillows and like do all the things because you know what? I don't know what today is going to bring, uh, but I'm going to start with something small that I can accomplish. It's kind of like when we do the dishes in the evening, I know there's only two of us. You have a lot more than me, mm-hmm. but I also know I didn't mm-hmm. do them at all last week and that's okay too. I'll get back to it. So it's, it's finding that balance of what's going to calm you and what can you let go of? I can let the dust on the floor go an extra day. I can let the, you know, laundry in the chair go mm, an extra day. But then that automatically builds in, I can do this. It can be done in five minutes and then I'm productive and then I feel better. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And just stepping away from the organized house space for a second I know you've also found quite a lot of hope in the relationship and just the ability to be present with your now teenager as well (laughs) tell me a little bit about what sort of person you see him blossoming into and how that journey has also looked for you becoming a single parent and all sorts of things like that. Mm. That, that journey of being a single parent to a teenager is an everyday adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Teenagers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, honestly, like that looks more like I am, I am so thankful every single week for myself when he does his own laundry. I'm like, yay. Yep. Yep. Me. I mean, that's my Win. own man when he's like, <laughs> right? And that's a reminder of, okay, no, I'm doing it right. Because as a mom, the last thing I want to touch is a teenage boy's anything. <laughs> so let's just sit with that for a minute. Ew. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Right. But that, those are the things like that keeps me hopeful because I know in two days time, he's going to grab that. He's going to be like, Oh, it's my day. He's going to grab the basket and go. And I don't have to sit with the, did you do this again? Have you done that? Right. So physically removing the ugly bits of naggingness from myself and our relationship opened up the parts of, yeah, we could talk about something else, right? I'm I'm reading a book that I have no interest in, but it's one of his favorites. So we can talk about it later. And that's something new that we started probably a year or two ago is 
is I read at least one book that he recommends. Yeah, we'll see. So we can talk about that. I have no interest in this. None at all. Yep, but dragons. We're right? all about dragons. Yes. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's the thing that sparks the, you know, we're on the right path. Yeah. We are on the right path because I don't have to touch dirty socks. And you feel comfortable recommending things to me. Mm. Yeah, mm, definitely. <laughs> yep. It lightens up your shelf, right, as well? It does. Whole... It lightens up our life shelf. Mm, definitely. We almost have an image of the two of you perched up on a shelf, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> like the elf on the shelf or something. <laughs> uh, and what would be something that you would really, aside from being independent and able to fend for himself, as far as into his future, does he have any interests and desires that you see him gravitating towards at the moment I know it's hard to tell in some ways what that looks like you don't have a crystal ball <laughs> I don't I don't have a crystal ball and we have we have very basic rules so I'll, I'll take him somewhere you have the rules of who's in charge okay you know who's in charge okay don't be a dick I love you I'll see you in the morning those are our basic rules I don't I don't agree or disagree with the schools asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I'm a grown ass adult. And there's days I don't know. I just want to, <laughs> I want to be fat and happy some days. I want to be well rested. <laughs> what does that look like? Right. So the, what I'm hoping he catches is that it is what it is, is not an acceptable lifestyle, but you can do it. It's going to be work. It's going to be hard. And it doesn't have to fit in somebody else's box. Mm. And I'm hoping that he knows that, that he's absorbing that. He loves being kind. He likes helping people. But at the same time, he's got his mama's mouth and attitude. So <laughs> God help the next generation as I world with a little sass. <laughs> uh, so... When we think about the school system itself and life skills, while it's improved over the years, I still think there's a lot of work to do in the school system as far as teaching some of the basics of how to live on our own or be independent, but while also putting your socks away or you know, <laughs> all sorts of things. How do you think the school system can support Simple organization and being hopeful at the same time. Mm. You know what? Honestly, I, I think most of that falls to me, falls to us as the mm. parents. I would love to see the basics of home ec, you know, um, budgeting, maybe some workshops, some things like that of, you know, here's how you change a tire because not every parent knows how to do that. I'm, I do because of the generation I grew up in, but not everybody grew up like I did. There are people that don't learn that moving forward. So I think maybe a school elective opportunity could be the basics, sewing a button, changing a tire, 
doing your basic budgeting for accounting. I suck at numbers. I still to this day suck at numbers. I'm great at spending. (laughs) I'm great at it. But in the world I grew up in, you know, he handled the budget. You just married somebody and you had a joint account and he handled the budget. Well, none of that panned out. Now what do I do? (laughs) Right. Oh, just go broke. Great. Got it. Nailed it. So I think if, if some elective basics could be an opportunity for schools that way, not everybody's got a good home life, right? Some people uh, in, in the know. county, right? Like more than 40% in our county alone, in our, in our district county, more than 40% of the kids live with their grandparents. Yeah. There's no way I cannot imagine my parents teaching my teenager basic life skills while he's teaching them how to turn the computer on. I mean, you know, like they look different. So I think if you could give me the elective basics back in school, I'll handle the rest. Yeah. I just feel like they're so stretched though within the school system Mm -hmm. to then pile on and add more. And like you said, you've come from your parents' generation who believe there are very gender biased roles and tasks and everything so there's so many more complexities to it like you said that we don't have the time within this recording alone to touch on even a tiny bit of it it's just it's such an interesting aspect I think because for me sometimes I wonder if personality has a bit to do uh, with as the organisation and house, general house outlook as well. My sister is extremely the opposite of me, like the extreme opposite of me. (laughs) And so side by side, even though we've had the same parents, the same upbringing, it's such a curious aspect that it presents itself in different ways and while also being the same way because by me saying I just don't want to do any of it and by her saying I want to do every single bit of it, they both have their own dynamics which are opposite but the same. Have you found that between yourself and your brother at all? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Next topic. (laughs) (laughs) I um, I am very different. I have always been very different from my brother. I've always been, and we joke about it now, the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. And the more pushback I've gotten over the 40 plus years, the more I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll do it to the next level of extreme, just to irritate you, just to Mm -hmm. prove you how different I am. So yeah. <laughs> yep. I think you'll find we've had many black sheep in these conversations, so we're all black sheep together. <laughs> uh, and look, being the black sheep has some advantages as well. There are many advantages. While I think. Maybe in our younger years we struggle to feel like we do fit in or all those good behaviour things. 
there are also some great advantages to being black sheep and yep let's embrace the sheep oh i do i do i think we're the ones that build communities like this that you know what yeah we can change this we can change the world we can change and inspire one one little spot at a time one little conversation at a time yeah yeah because that's also a big part of your underlying philosophy as well isn't it that it's 15 minutes a day Hmm. Mm -hmm. that can be all you need all it takes sometimes just give me 15 minutes to find just a sprinkle of hope and sometimes that hope is I carried the laundry basket downstairs yep yay me (laughs) (laughs) and I think also there's a lot of inspiration of what you've just shared in being able to essentially buy a house as well. Tell me how you were able to, because I don't see that in my future with the current market and having purchased a property before and all sorts of things. So that's quite a feather in your cap and quite something that I think you should be very, very proud of as well. Hmm. Um, for me, it was, I needed, I needed to know that there was some stability for my son's future because he was getting ready to start school. His dad and I split and the next year he was going to start school. And I, Mm -hmm. Uh, for some reason, it was a solid structure part for me of, okay, I'm going to sweat and bleed and make this work. So my son has a yard to play in with his friends and he has a street to learn how to ride his bike on. That's not in the hood, right? The, the, you can go out and play until the streetlights come on that feeling of, of our childhood of, you go out, you get dirty, you rough up your knees and you drink from the hose. As long as you're home by the streetlights and you're being safe and staying with your friends. I needed that feeling secured for my son. And in my brain that came in, in the purchasing a house in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. in a familiar location where I knew it was safe-ish. Yeah. So, you know, if we fall asleep with the doors or windows open, I don't have to worry. And that's kind of how that happened. So I, I mean, I bought that house. I've since sold and bought a different house in the same town, different neighborhood. And it's just, it, it, it's funny that you brought that up because I, I asked Isaac, my son, all right, buddy, we, we can't live in this neighborhood because all the houses on the street had flipped and it just was, it was an unsafe feeling so I couldn't be there anymore just just for you know like you have to find that I was like I can't I can't sleep at night I don't you know trust anybody on the street we don't even go for walks anymore and so we sold that house and I asked him I was like buddy we can't live here anymore for mom's own sanity and for our safety what what looks like our next home adventure to you. He's like, as long as I can stay in school with all my friends, I don't care where we live. And so, okay, that's, that's an easy guide. So I found, 
you know, a level up in the neighborhood, a place that's near enough. He can still take the bus if he wants and he can still see his friends if he wants and he still goes to the same school. So that didn't have to change. It's hard enough to move. It's hard enough to change systems and to do all of that at once. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want you to change houses, friends, schools, and lifestyles all at the same time because it's too much. And that's not fair. No, not at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, that sounds like you've got such a great understanding of each other in a way and being able to make space so you are just not nagging all the time and being the 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 grudge in the house which I know (laughs) I've felt at times and it sounds like you felt previously to finding hope as well Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so one of the questions I do like to round us out with is Sunday roast memories. I know you said you don't like cooking. I know that it was probably very much your mum's role. (laughs) Yep. But do you have some Sunday roast memories that spring to mind when you think back or think forward or think recently and that sort of thing? I think I like snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't know. I grew up in the in in a household that we sat down and had dinner together every single night yeah before technology before movies and it shifted as my brother and I grew then my parents I I saw them she had her space in this room to go watch tv he had his space in that room and I'm like oh I don't want that I don't (laughs) I don't like that but it I love it that this is the Sunday roast because you can feel that, right? You can feel that coming mm-hmm. togetherness. And it really reminds me a lot of a lot of our Thanksgiving here, which is you know my favorite thing. Here's all the starches in the world at one meal. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. And so that's immediately <laughs> what comes to mind is our Thanksgiving gathering when there's too much food for everybody and then we're all in a comatose. But one of the fondest memories I have, and it was, it was always my mom cooking from you know before sun up and then she's exhausted and it's all cold and we're putting it away before she even has a plate (laughs) I don't I don't want that for me and I didn't want that Mm. for her so I'm the one that initiated the "Mm, what if we just order everything all the pre-cooked stuff and then we heat it up that morning I initiated that. So we still have the feeling of here's a full meal, but we don't have one person slaving away in the kitchen that misses the whole damn thing. Yeah. Yep. And we, I mean, it was the same thing for every holiday. It was the same thing at Christmas. And then it's like, okay, well, why do we need all of this? When this is important to you that we all sit around and eat, why is it important to you? Like you aren't even sitting around and eating. You, you're missing the whole thing. And I know it's in, it's in our programming to take care of it all and to make sure everybody else is having a good time. But for me, it was important that my mom got to experience what's important for her. And that's sitting it down at the table with the family over the meal. Like yeah. we've ordered pizzas for Christmas one year. So I mean, this is the best thing ever. And then we have paper plates. There's like no cleanup. 
Yep. And then you can sit down and you can yeah. enjoy us. And then now we have time. We can all play a game together. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. Yes. I've witnessed it myself as many, many listening surely have as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And it does cause that burdensome resentment in a way if you've put in all this effort to looking after everyone else mm-hmm. you feel like you've got everybody else's shit on your shelf in a way <laughs> <laughs> and yeah eventually it's going to fall off that wall it, it really is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, thank you so much for having this wonderful conversation. As always, it's really, I love all that we are hearing within not only this community, but extending out to my own reflections, my own stories and everybody else's. So really look forward to bringing it all together. <laughs> it's going to be so great. I'm excited. I mean, I I get to participate but I also get to see all my friends and community and amazing black sheep people come together and let's be humans. And I love it. It's gorgeous. Did you hear the black sheep? <laughs> Are you a little bit of a black sheep as well? Huh. You can see why I felt that that conversation stayed with me for some time because yes, parts there were very confronting quite vulnerable in admitting (laughs) the ways in which we operate etc however very very worthwhile at the same time another worthwhile conversation was the conversation that I had with Donna Bender and she shares some real moments in her life that have stuck with her and been an absolute delight to reminisce and share. And so I say, even though it was a tough time, she turned out to be a wonderful human being. So um, mm. something had a rub off. I must have done something right. You know, <laughs> I, bl- I blamed myself for so many years that I mm. could, you know, and so that's the one thing that you, you need to give yourself some grace is that mm. You're a human and you're doing the best you can. To hear more about current projects and the book, head over to lindabonnie.com. I gladly welcome you to the community. Thank you so much for joining us.